Hallelujah! Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah! Welcome to this recorded service for Sunday, the fourth of April, twenty twenty-one, Easter Sunday, here in the heart of England parishes. My name is Peter Walker. Our readings this morning are read by Sandra Parker. Our prayers are led by Amy James. And I'm very pleased to say that our bishop, uh, Bishop Christopher, has recorded a sermon for this occasion. We look forward to all of that in a few moments. Our service, though, continues with the hymn, "Jesus Christ is risen today." Hallelujah. <laughs> Are scattered physically, we have come together online in the name of Christ to offer our praise and thanksgiving, to hear and receive God's holy word, to pray for the needs of the world, and to seek the forgiveness of our sins, that by the power of the Holy Spirit we may give ourselves to the service of God. Christ, our Passover Lamb. Has been sacrificed for us. Let us therefore rejoice by putting away all malice and evil, and confessing our sins, 
with a sincere and true heart. We take a moment of silence. Like Mary at the empty tomb, we fail to grasp the wonder of your presence. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Like the disciples behind locked doors, we are afraid to be seen as your followers. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Like Thomas in the upper room, we are slow to believe. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. May the Father of all mercies cleanse you from your sins and restore you in his image to the praise and glory of his name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Collect for Easter Sunday. God of glory, by the raising of your Son you have broken the chains of death and hell. Fill your church with faith and hope for a new day has dawned, and the way to life stands open in our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10. Peter began to speak to those assembled in the house of Cornelius. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation anyone who fears him and does what is right, is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of the Lord. Our Gospel reading is taken from Mark, chapter 16. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, 
when the sun had risen. They went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man, dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. This is the word of the Lord. Happy Easter. It's a great joy to be with you on this day of celebration. Easter has come. Have you bought your Easter nativity set? Sounds strange, doesn't it? This was the first year I discovered that you could buy an Easter nativity set. Nativity means birth. That makes a lot of sense at Christmas, of course. Christmas is about birth. But at Easter? But maybe there's something in it, after all. Because Easter is about new birth. The nativity set, rather than the crib at the centre with the newborn child, has the empty tomb, the sign of the resurrection of Jesus that brings the whole world and each one of us if we dare to step into the new life that Jesus offers us new birth new life I'd like us to think about that scene of the empty tomb today I'd like us to look at Mark's gospel the end of Mark's gospel chapter 16, the first few verses there that tell the account as Mark understands it of the resurrection of Jesus. It's stark in its simplicity. The other Gospels have longer resurrection stories. They have encouraging encounters between Jesus and the disciples. But for Mark, things are much more stripped back. Yes, there's a person dressed in white but apart from that there's nothing except an empty tomb the stark simplicity of the empty tomb that's all the evidence of the resurrection that Mark provides for us but he also gives us the word of the resurrection the Easter faith don't look for Jesus here he is alive And he gives us the promise of Easter faith. Jesus is ahead of you. Go and find him. He's waiting for you. I've seen the empty tomb in Jerusalem, in the church of the Holy Sepulchre, built over the site of Jesus' tomb. It was part of a big service on this very day it started in the night of Easter Eve and went through into the morning 
For a good deal of the time, I'd been celebrating the Eucharist with Syrian Orthodox Christians in a, in a side chapel of the huge church. And then we emerged from that and joined other ethnic groups, other Christian traditions, other groups who had also been having their own services. And we came together in a huge, great procession of all the tribes and nations processing around the tomb of Jesus in the middle of the church. And then at one point, I was invited in. And there I stood in the empty tomb, rejoicing that it was indeed empty. On the other hand, conscious of the emptiness of that tomb. There was some light though, a remarkable shaft of light that came down from the roof of the um, of the church and through a window in the little area where the tomb is. A burning light. I had a bit more evidence though for the reality of the resurrection than those first disciples who stood in that very same place. Those women on the first day of the first Easter. I stood there in that very same place with the same evidence of the empty tomb. Yet though now, all these years on, with a new layer of evidence and I could hear that and see it as I looked around me with all these Christians of their different backgrounds, their different traditions, their different nationalities, all joined together, rejoicing in the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, placing their faith in the empty tomb and everything that burst from it. There's uh, a light that is lit in that tomb of Jesus in the early morning of, the, of Easter day. And that holy fire, as it's called, is sent out through all the world, to all the Christian communities, as together we celebrate the reality of the resurrection as we ourselves become alongside the evidence of the empty tomb evidence in our own day that Jesus is alive. In many ways the account of the resurrection that we read in Mark's Gospel with its stark simplicity of the emptiness of the tomb doesn't give us a great deal of cause for immediate comfort. There we have the followers, followers of Jesus gathered around, some coming into his empty tomb and were told being alarmed, of course they were, being amazed, yes, even fleeing in terror. We've had our own experiences of emptiness over this last year that have caused us at times, no doubt, to feel a sense of terror. The disturbing experience of the emptiness of our churches, seeing the doors closed, the 
dreadful emptiness of grief as we've lost loved ones and seen others suffer as we've watched those figures in our newspapers and on our screens rising of people suffering, people dying in this country and in the world. Truly shocking figures. There's the dark emptiness of despair as people feel great anxiety at what's happening in the present and what might come in the future. And that dark and dreadful emptiness that people experience and maybe we all have over this last year from time to time when hope seems to ebb away. Maybe this has connected us in some sort of strange way with that first experience of Easter, the emptiness of the tomb and all the uncertainty that that led to. And yet over this last year, perhaps as we've heard again that promise that Jesus goes ahead of us and we will find him, we've seen remarkable examples, evidence, I would say, of the reality of the resurrection, of the presence of the risen Jesus. We've seen the church transform itself into new forms of fellowship and life together, of um, online worship, of all sorts of other ways of connecting. I think of June last year, things were beginning to ease up, um, but we couldn't do the prayer walk in Coventry as planned, and yet somehow it was pulled off. Every street in this city prayed for by Christian people of all churches, all backgrounds, probably all ethnic groups, who prayed for every street, every house in this city. And I know the same thing is about to happen in Bedworth and no doubt is happening in other parts of the diocese. I've seen great and profound examples of people coming alongside those who are grieving, coming with the comfort and love of the presence of Jesus. I've seen incredible examples of Christians, of churches reaching out to those who are feeling anxious and isolated and alone. And we've been able to speak into the emptiness that has at times invaded the culture of the nation the word of hope that God will see us through. I haven't seen it myself, but I'm told that the Prime Minister's message to Spring Harvest this year, which again imaginatively is happening online, is to commend the churches, to commend Christians up and down the land for making Jesus' command to love our neighbour a reality and, and, and joining with others who were doing the same. All of this is evidence of the reality of the resurrection of Jesus in our midst, of Jesus Christ being alone, being alive and seeing us through um, this lonely experience of the pandemic. 
When I stood in the empty tomb in Jerusalem on Easter Day a few years ago, I, I was in a in a huge church. The tomb has been um, sort of included in in this great stone structure. But of course, for those first disciples who gathered at Jesus's tomb on the first Easter Day, they were in a garden. So I wanted to be in part of my garden today. This garden, like all our gardens, if we're fortunate to have them, or our parks and open spaces, they've become so important to us over this last year. And in, in a wonderful way, God has sustained us through the beauty of creation. And in this spring time of year, especially this year, I found my eyes have been alive to the new life coming uh, through, um, through the new life that is springing up everywhere around us. God building in the reality of resurrection even into the natural cycle of life. This bit of the garden um, has only recently been sort of reclaimed. Before that it was, it was a dense undergrowth of um, of all sorts of things that had just grown up over the years and uh, I just didn't get anywhere near it I just left it I thought I just can't get into that part of the garden but what's been happening recently with this bit of the garden what we've been trying to do is to clear it to open it up to make it accessible and uh, at first that was quite a disturbing experience because what was here sort of looked okay. But there was no real life in it. There was no real colour in it. There was no real scent to it. And we couldn't experience it. But as we cleared it, well, we were left at first with an emptiness. It too was stark and simple and disturbing. But then, out of the emptiness, because light had come in, because it was able to be watered, because it had space, new life began to appear. God was bringing new life through that emptiness. My prayer for all of us is that in whatever emptiness we've experienced over the last year, we may know the risen Jesus coming to us and saying to us, I am with you, whatever and wherever. As you move into this next year, into this new world in a sense that seems to beckon to us as we move out of and from the rigours of this last year. I am with you. I am ahead of you in this new world. You will find me with you, faithful, as I have been to my people over these 2,000 years since that first Easter day. Jesus says to us all, don't look for me here, I am alive, I am risen, I am going ahead of you, 
and you will find me in the full reality of my risen life. And you will find me as the first disciples found me, says Jesus, in your life together, as you share your Christian faith with each other, and as you make it known in the world. For Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. 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 Happy Easter. Our next hymn is Jesus Lives Thy Terrors Now. Let us declare our faith in God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. 
he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now Amy is going to lead us in our prayers. Father God, we come to you today with open hearts and minds and a deep sense of gratitude for your Easter promise. We're reminded as we look around us at the blossom of the trees, the flowers springing up, the sound of birdsong. We're reminded of your promise of new life, that out of winter and darkness, this beauty can come as it is with the Easter story where you showed your abundant love for us by sending your son to die for us and then three days later today on Easter day we celebrate him overcoming death we thank you Lord for the blessings in our own lives whether they be good health financial security job, roof over our head, friends, family. Thank you so much, Lord, for everything you put in place in our lives. And we pray that we retain a sense of gratitude and remember those who are not as fortunate in any of those areas. And we bring them to you, Lord, and we bring parts of our own lives to you where we need your support. We pray for healing where there is mental and physical illness. We pray for stability in terms of job losses and poverty. We pray for positive relationships in moments of loneliness and sadness, Lord. We particularly remember those who are known to us now, Lord, who are unwell, especially Eloise Zoe, Joanna Cottrell, John England, James Hawkyard, Chloe Lambert, John and Sue, Zena, Rhiannon Simmons, Keith Taylor, Rose Turner, Alex Waring, Lawrence, Rosie Pollard, Roger Webb, Vinnie, Alan, Joan, Steve, Phil Dalby and Alan and Sarah Edwards. And we thank you, Father, for the marriage of John and Sue on Friday. We bring all these people to you, Lord. We pray for peace. And we pray for your blessings on them. In times of great uncertainty, may they know your deep love for them. Father, we also bring to you in this moment Sheila and David as they prepare to leave rugby for their new ministry in Salford Priors. It's exciting times ahead for the church. And we look forward to this new chapter. We pray now, Lord, for the Al Muhammad family. We thank you for bringing them to Bidford. We thank you for the Hearts and Homes team, for helping them to settle in and for their translators too. We pray in particular for Mohammed, who will be starting school next term. And we pray for his parents who will be dealing with the usual worries of a child starting a new school, but also in such a different place. 
We pray that they would feel completely wrapped up in the love of God, completely supported by the local community. And we pray too for Yaya, who will be adjusting to not having a big brother around all the time and the possibilities of starting nursery soon too. Father, we pray for other refugees around the world. We pray for countries in which there is such conflict right now. We bring to you Eritrea and Ethiopia for the conflict there. We pray for peace and reconciliation in the face of such horrific abuse of human rights. And we also remember those in Myanmar right now. It can so often feel hopeless when we think of these places and we don't know what to do. So we just lift these countries up in prayer and we pray for the charities and the agencies that work to support innocent civilians. Just be with them, Lord. Be with governments around the world as they try to take decisive action to help these countries. We pray for our own government, Father, that you would support them in knowing the right steps to take as we come out of lockdown. We pray for wisdom and we pray that they would listen to scientists and other advisors at key moments to help us come out of lockdown as safely as possible. We thank you, Father, for the amazing NHS staff and volunteers who have helped with the vaccine rollout. And we pray for the COVAX initiative that's getting vaccines to poorer countries around the world. At this Easter time, we remember the staff across schools, so teachers, support staff, and we remember pupils and parents who are having two weeks of Easter holidays. And for some, it's going to be such an important time of relaxation and recuperation after a very tough term. Thank you for this opportunity to rest now. We pray for parents who are still having to work throughout the next couple of weeks. But we just hope that there is some sense of peace and that children will go back in a couple of weeks' time feeling rested and happy and keen to get back on with schooling again. Lord, we ask as we go into another week that you would equip us with the right words, the right mindsets and the right actions to do our best in our jobs, in our families, in our local communities. Show us opportunities to do your will. Help us to make the right decisions. And we thank you once again, Lord, for the incredible love you showed us today on Easter Day. Amen. As our Saviour taught us, so we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen.
Our final hymn this morning is Thine Be the Glory, Risen Conquering Son. May Christ, who out of defeat brings new hope and a new future, fill you with his new life. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. With the power that raised Jesus from the dead at work within you, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Christ, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah.